Welcome to You Don't Even Like This Band, a podcast about bands you probably don't even like. We hope you don't know this one. With your hosts, Adam Todd Brown, Andy Sell, and Travis Clark. Beating me down, beating me, beating me down. I'm wondering how I can sabotage your next attempt to start the show. I don't know. Just by being here, Andy. <laughs> Just by being you. What All if right. you can't? Hey, everybody. Welcome to Pod the Life. Ah, it already uh, started. You did it. You Holy did it. Shit. It already started. You beat me. You were too quick. Beating you. Beating you down. <laughs> beating you. Beating you down. 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 Into the ground. Mm, okay. Screaming some sound, <laughs> which that, I, th- I think that is, is that the, the lyric. I think it is. Oh God! If it isn't, it is now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and you know what? Choose any sound you want. Ooh, can can I choose? Uh, I, want, I want the auga horn. <laughs> oh yes, yes. yes. Auga. I want the boing. <laughs> boing. 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 <laughs> This has been Pod the Life. Thank you, everybody. Is Jonathan Davis really just an old-timey Foley machine? <laughs> He's one of those, remember those one-man, those old, like, one-man band cartoon sound yes. organs? He's one of those. He's one of those yeah. that was cursed by a witch to, <laughs> to walk the earth as a man. Cursed by a witch to live in Bakersfield. <laughs> that is a curse. <laughs> boom, dock boom I'm really worried about the dog being in the studio, but hey, we're in the new studio. The yeah. new studio. It's our first pod the life in the new studio. It's the first pod the life recorded in the new studio. The dog is wreaking havoc. There she goes. What did she Yeah, find? that's a good. Yeah, lay your head under that $100 futon on eight inch risers, puppy. Yeah. That's safe. With two full grown men yeah. testing the yeah. weight yeah. limit. And it's, and the and weight I, limit is 600 pounds, oh, allegedly. I, oh, I, we're good. I've we're been known. Are we? Yeah. Wow. (laughs) I don't know who slighted more, you or me on that one. Jesus. So we're in the new studio for the last episode. Oh, man. Of this seat. Well, not real. There's a bonus episode that you can get on the Patreon Mm -hmm. where we're going to be watching the music videos of the band Korn. I mean, oh, goody. And listening, <laughs> you'll be able to listen along at home. And also, you could, you know, turn the videos on. You could. Uh, watch. Could you? Should you, is the question. Yeah, that's that's the whole thing. Yeah. So, yeah. The how's real, everyone feel? The real corn video was the friends we made along the way. There it is. There it is. Okay. Um, I'm doing this thing lately where I, I really try to be uh, honest and grateful for things. Uh, oh no! Yeah, no. It's so prepared not to. Lie. We don't have that kind of time. <laughs> no, I, I I prepared this. It's very short. I'm not. I have not enjoyed corn, and that's just a purely subjective thing. They're not. They're not my thing. I have enjoyed coming here and talking with you guys about corn the whole. Well, how do you know if you've enjoyed coming here because you've never been here before? That's it. He's got you there, Travis. Okay. Life is m- nothing but an illusion. Are any of us real? Oh, God. <laughs> so that's sure. a good point. Shit. I've enjoyed discussing yeah, no, I discussing I'm this. A, yes. just being no, idiot. you're just being a dick and, and yeah. poking a hole in my uh, sincere attempt Can to I... bond with you. No, don't touch me. Get the oh. fuck away from me. <laughs> <laughs> 
Can I just say that I'm touched by that and I feel the same way? Yay! Uh, except, except, twist. <laughs> twist. Uh, I think I'm a colonel, you guys. I think. Oh my god, did we sway you? I think I've come around. I think I'm a corn fan. Wow. I think Whoa. I love corn. <laughs> you think, love corn? Okay, love? Well, all right, like, let's backpedal. Love is a strong word. There's also a lot more albums that I'm going to have to go through now. Yes, right. there are. Uh, and that's probably going to throw me. But at the moment, between issues and that span from issues to... Tissues? Take, take a look in the... <laughs> issues to tissues. Uh, take a look in the mirror. I think I've come around, and I think I like corn. That's interesting. I th- well, at the very least, I don't hate them anymore. Adam, I would say that that is definitely a twist. Twist. It is for yeah. sure a twist. But I, but I also, I really enjoy doing this. Yes, And me I love too. you guys, and uh, this is so much fun for me. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. I love you guys, too. Yay! Yay! We're still friends. And we, went, I don't... we went through corn, and we're still friends. We went through Limp Biscuit and then corn, and we're still friends. I have definitely flipped in that argument or that respect i used to definitely like limp biscuit more than corn oh there's no way musically yeah. and yeah that that's not even it's not even it's close. not even a co- it's not even a contest as yet. a as a band corn is far and away the superior band probably better people too uh, like. yeah <laughs> however well maybe. there is no limp biscuit coffee and that corn coffee still with me that corn coffee is the darkest moment of this podcast so far. And, and, one and of, that's funny because it was a medium roast. And it's funny because one of the band members had viral meningitis. And that was still the darkest moment of one this of podcast. One of the band members had viral meningitis. One of the band members was maybe, you know... Molested, molested by their by their father uh, or uncle or right. somebody, yeah. But and, it got no the, darker than yeah. that coffee. Oof. Oh god, that coffee is uh, man, it's awful. It's I still have it. No, you don't. I can now that we're talking about it. I can taste it. Again, I know it's metallic. The metallic thing sucks. sticks with you. Should we sign it and send it out to someone <laughs> for leaving us a positive review? I, if that's what they want, <laughs> I feel like it's yes. a cursed object at this point, and we can't. Like it would be irresponsible of us to put it yeah. out to the world. It's like an Annabelle doll. I yeah. like the first part of that. We need I, to keep it in the Warrens' no, house. Here's, here's what I think. I think it is a cursed object, and it is our responsibility to pass it on. <laughs> that's what I think. It's the only way to break the curse, Andy. It's the videotape from the ring. Someone else has to suffer for us to survive. <laughs> Seven right. days later you're gonna be having a cup of coffee (laughs) (laughs) and it's gonna be bad and you're gonna talk about it yeah that'd be great if we could get people of the of the show to keep passing it to other fans of the show (laughs) and gross by like the fifth person there's no way it'll taste any worse or better did i i don't think i filled everyone in on the saga of the sweatshirt did you ever ever get episodes no i i fired off an email to cornstimer service (laughs) And they told me the sweatshirt was on back order and that I could request a refund or wait. And I said, refund, please. And I have heard nothing since. I feel like they didn't give you the option of corn bucks or whatever. <laughs> corn cash. Corn obviously. cash. Yeah, corn you're cash. right. You're right. That's better. That's a better name. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I, I can't believe. I don't think there is a hoodie. I don't think that they... There probably never was a hoodie. I don't think there's a hoodie. I don't think there's a t-shirt. I I don't think they're ever on back order. 
I think they just mocked up like some, you know, like a stock photo that people use for e-tailing. Yeah, and I think you're the first person to order it. And they're like, oh, shit, shit we got to fulfill this now. It's all we just. We got to go to Baker's Field Print they're Service. Like, no one's going to buy this coffee unless we throw a hoodie in. So it's used to sell the coffee. There is no hoodie. I bet you could actually filter the coffee through the hoodie. <laughs> I, bet they, <laughs> I bet they don't continue making the coffee. I bet that they made a bunch of this coffee in like. 2005 or something and it's just been sitting there and they were like shit we got to do something with this and they don't like it's not an ongoing thing like they just have this am i making any sense i'm uh, yeah i mean i i do i agree there probably is a large stockpile of corn coffee (laughs) somewhere in bakersfield we need to treat the stockpile of corn coffee the way we treat nuclear weapons we need to have treaties (laughs) to reduce the stockpiles reduce the inventory (laughs) containment units i think they need to use it to uh, make sure that those et video games uh, never resurface it might be made from the et video games So last episode we talked about did we t- last episode was about issues I believe so yeah we focused on the issues we focused <laughs> oh, primarily yeah. ding, ding. on <laughs> twist oh why is it so quiet oh no I forgot about that running gag did we get to thirty is that what we went for I think so <laughs> I can't remember <laughs> oh fuck. We have Sorry. a good time here. No, we really fine. do. We're the good. cunt dinger is not working. Oh, God. Well, I got, it's the, the it's issues the fo- dinger. It's the yeah. issues dinger yeah. now. Because if you focus on the issues, you're a cunt. Ding! <laughs> there hey! we hey! Wow, it's like happened instantaneous power, yeah. power of editing. That's crazy. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, we fixed that really quick. That's amazing. So today we're talking on the final official episode of Pod the Hive. Season one. <laughs> where that we're implies talking, that there is going to be a season two and of there, the witch. I think there is. Yeah, I think there. I think there. There will be. I, yeah, we're leaving in off in a place that leaves plenty of room for a season two. What I'm thinking is we treat this like HBO treated Deadwood. Fifteen years from now, we make <laughs> right. the finale. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be pretty funny. One of us will not be here fifteen years from now. <laughs> And it's anybody's guess yeah. as to who. And yeah. we'll have to see how the writers address that. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're talking about the album Untouchables and the album Take a Look in the Mirror, which are two vastly different corn albums. My question about corn is why would you make a soundtrack to a movie that came out, you know, I don't know, 30 years before? You know, it just right. doesn't make uh, any sense. Yeah, that. It, it is. It does sync up perfectly. To <laughs> yeah, if you play Brian De Palma's Untouchables yeah. with oh oh that mo- I was man I had a different movie in mind. Which one were you thinking? Uh, Tin Cup. Uh, oh, <laughs> I got my Costners confused. <laughs> yeah, I got the wrong Costner. Cornsner. Cornsner. Kevin Cornsner. Uh, Fieldy of Dreams. <laughs> oh, hey. hey. <laughs> uh, yeah, Untouchables is there. It's the pinnacle of corn in terms of artistry in the studio. Uh, it's the pinnacle of corn cess. Like it's just it's ah, sure it's excess and corn and uh, everything. All I don't know. Together. I don't. No, I don't. I feel like it's very corn-tained and it's very um, concentrated. Corn uh, tenu- It's not. It's not exactly yeah. a concept album, right. but it is. It is uh, focused on the issues. 
And uh, <laughs> yeah, you can tell they had a goal in mind when they were recording it, for sure. <laughs> really? Because I, I really tried with this one. I really tried. Yeah, uh, that's that's the thing. All jokes aside, I don't love this album as much as the rest of the world. I love it. Do you really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I it's think it's great. Interesting. I put it on because I was like, you know what? I, I got to give it a shot. They spent a lot of money on this record. I got to give it a shot. And I, I couldn't. I just couldn't. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit before the podcast. I've been having a kind of a rough week. A friend of mine died. I've been it's been chaos moving the studio like a lot's been going on. And I felt like the past couple days I've just been sort of getting out of that funk uh -huh. and out of that depression. And yeah, you've been you were cornered. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate the concern. <laughs> and my condolences, by the way. Thank you. Thank say. you. Oh, my God. <laughs> and this morning before we recorded this, this corning. Right. This corning. <laughs> I went to listen to Untouchables, and I have listened to it in its entirety. I listened to it while I was sad, mm. and it felt a lot more listenable then. I think that's most corn records. But yeah. this yeah. morning, when, I, when I'm feeling better, I got like four songs in and was just like, I can't do this. It's going to make me sad again. Like, it's, I really need to be in a specific mood to mm. enjoy this band. I, I, had kind of an opposite experience with it where I mean I think the band in general I agree with you like you have to be like kind of miserable right to listen to it and feel you know what it's trying to do but yeah. I I have this thing it's I don't know there's like a weird it's like an opposite day thing for me where like I listen to it if I'm having a great day and it makes me even happier <laughs> like <laughs> Oh, it's like Ritalin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm, like, I'm like, I was like, I'm like dancing around to it, like just fucking having a good old time. Yeah, you got the life, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> what? Hmm? What do you mean? I don't get I it. I don't get it either. Yeah, that yeah, was. That's just words I know. And it's, I, I feel like, and we'll get into this, this album didn't sell that well. And I feel like they maybe got some backlash over how clean it sounds. Yeah. It's a very well produced album because the next album which we're also going to talk about, take a look in the mirror. It's the complete opposite. Yeah, it's like a return to form. Right. Return a to corn. Return yeah. to corn. <laughs> yeah. And it's... Return to cornicence. It's not great, and it, it, it kind of is the exact opposite of Untouchables. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, I, I describe in the notes, Untouchables is like that scene in Boogie Nights where the guy, they're buying cocaine, and the dude's Asian houseboy is just letting off firecrackers. Like, it's all excess and tension, and it's exciting. And, that's and Jonathan Davis says, Rick Springfield, he's a buddy of mine. <laughs> you do wouldn't, know, though. Wouldn't surprise me in the least. Uh, it's a shame that Mark Wahlberg blinded that Asian man after that scene. Un Sorry, yeah. We are talking about now uh, unrepentant hate criminal Mark Wahlberg. Correct. And then Untouchables is is kind of like that. And then Take a Look in the Mirror is when you wake up the next morning from that. Yep. And and it it's just dark and sad. I think it's kind of like that. Yeah, I can see that. I, the, the way I would put it is more like Untouchables is like, you know, the, you know, this shitty guy. Right. And then he does mushrooms. And like the night that he does mushrooms, you're with him and he's just like saying all this stuff. And you're like, whoa, this guy contains way more multitudes than i thought like, i used to just hang out with him because he was kind of a fuck up and it was hilarious but like he's actually like talking about shit tonight and this is great and being along with him for this trip is amazing and then yeah then then the next day he's like right back to being who he was and it's that's that's take a look in the mirror 
Which, by the way, if you're on mushrooms, do not take a look in the mirror. No, absolutely do. Do not do that. 100% no. go look at yourself. And don't look at anything. <laughs> don't look at anything tie-dyed either. You're no, gonna, I didn't uh, see stuff in that. I uh, go look at uh, intricate woodwork. Go look at all of those things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you need to be right now. You need to be looking in the mirror and analyzing every pore and realizing, oh, I've always looked like this. Yeah. I'm a monster. <laughs> Jesus. What you want to realize when you're on mushrooms is that there are things living in your face. Yes. So get and really up close. Get really close. And trust me, if you just claw at them enough, you'll get them all out. Yeah. Wow. You'll get them all this out. Is, yeah. Travis, <laughs> yes, this is, I cannot handle your straight edge hate <laughs> speech right now. Well, that's why we called this episode Untouchables and then parentheses, listen if you're on mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> we want it to be a guide stone for people who might be on mushrooms. This is a cornerstone of good advice. That was pretty good. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> so let's continue. Untouchables comes out first. And by the time the band started writing this, they hated each other. <laughs> totally tracks. That totally. Yeah, makes that, sense. There's no surprise there. Yeah. That changes nothing. That changes absolutely nothing. <laughs> well, actually, things were one way. And then they got to this point and things were a different way. Well, yeah. 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 After this. Yeah. Yes. Right. And. <laughs> In an attempt to ease those tensions, they decided to try writing in Scottsdale, Arizona, which nothing would make me more tense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And also, too, like, with the hotbed of new metal, Scottsdale? Like, why Why are we picking Scottsdale? I mean, they got that nice mall there. Oh, um, okay. Corn's big on mall culture, yeah. so that totally makes sense. <laughs> and I don't think that mall has a hot topic because it's a rich people mall, so... It's got a cool I topic. I <laughs> think I did a show in Scottsdale, but it might have been Flagstaff. Oh, they're very far away from each other. But then you get to this. this <laughs> damn it. Yeah. Uh, the Arizona. I like Arizona, but there's parts of it where you go like, are you a different city? Or are you the same city? Did yeah. you? Did someone just, just put a blindfold mm -hmm. on me and put me in the same area? Mm -hmm. Like, it feels the same. Either way, it didn't work. <laughs> They went to Arizona, and they still fucking hated each other. Uh, by the time they got to Arizona? Oh, right. Hey. Hey. Isaac Hayes reference. Public cornomy. Uh, or public cornomy. <laughs> but yeah, Isaac Hayes. Okay. Public <laughs> Hey, it ties in. Around this time, the band considered firing Fieldy, which, how dare you? Yeah, he's the only one whose name is a corn pun. Yeah, that's like firing the clock from Flavor Flav's chest. Public like you can't... Yeah, public cornamy. Uh, because he was. Yeah, boy. <laughs> Sorry, boy. He was uh, on a bunch of drugs at the time. You well, you're have in to be to be in, but but to be in corn. Right. How do you not dull every like? We're, Let's Think look about at this. They're from Bakersfield. Right. They're in the band Corn, and now they're in Scottsdale, Arizona. They're like, hey, what if we went to Bakersfield, but in Arizona? Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think no going to- No part of that says not drugs. I don't think going to Scottsdale was the inciting incident for his drug abuse, although it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, it definitely isn't going to make it better. I think he took it with him to Scottsdale. Yeah. And it turns out they got drugs there, too. <laughs> but, but, but just slightly different. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Did a bunch of peyote down there. Yeah. So they Ugh. ended up like imagine corn without fieldy. That would be like would they does anyone else in the literal world play bass the way fieldy plays bass? No. 
Well, in I mean, that now, he plays, now, well, yeah. yeah, I guess maybe there's a few. Well, but even then, exactly. Even Fieldy's playing is kind of Fieldy figuring out the bass. Like I feel like every time we hear this song, it's like, oh, Fieldy just kind of figured that out. No, I, I, I don't think it's him figuring it out. I think it's him <laughs> being mad at the bass the whole time. Because he can't figure this it out. This thing keeps me in corn. <laughs> the more I hit this, the more I'm in corn. I hate this thing. <laughs> but I just—I don't think they'd be the same band without. No, he is one of the most irreplaceable bass players. Yeah. Oddly enough, this is not the word I thought you were going to say. <laughs> he is one of the most irritating bass players. He's one of the most <laughs> irresponsible like, bass players. It is that sound that made me not like Corn for yeah, a long time. Same. Yeah. I could never figure out what the fuck it was. I don't know. I liked it. I always thought it was the drums. <laughs> it's just a click track. Yeah. <laughs> it's just Fieldy is the human click track. Yeah. Yeah. So this album was recorded at Conway Studio in Hollywood. And The Village in Los Angeles, because which it, I think that's an apartment complex. Yeah, it sounds like <laughs> yeah. it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what they say. When you make a record, it takes a village. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Ross Robinson not on board this time. No. Not part of the team. No he Ross Robinson. He was making Robinson. a Fear of God record, probably. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what made them to decide to uh, switch to a different producer, but they hired Michael Beinhorn. Beinhorn? 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 It's, it's Bean, Michael Bean, Bean Horn <laughs> from uh, Terminator. Michael Beincorn. Beincorn. Yeah, he's one letter away. Uh, this album was insanely expensive and not worth it. It doesn't sound that much better. I mean, I I can hear the. I can't hear the budget. Like once that's well, we'll get yeah, to yeah, that. Yeah, we'll yeah. get to part that's, of that. That's yeah. where, okay. I, I'll say it's not that. It's not that dollar amount different. I put the right. corn. I put the corn before the horse on yeah, this yeah. one. I, I, it's my fault. I, I do think that this is the album that changed everything. Oh, for sure. Well, it does in one way. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it yeah, 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 yeah. It does. You're it's. Right. Uh, but then I feel like then the next album they went back to the way it was. They were right. like, "Well, we changed everything. Mm, we don't like it." But Let's it didn't. Back. That didn't change anything. No. Right. Yeah. Boy, man, we are we're fucking murdering the foreshad the corn shadowing right now. <laughs> Or maybe this might be red cornings. <laughs> We're just taking you <laughs> off of the the trail. Corn herrings. Corn herrings. That works too. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's a Swedish Iowan delicacy. Actually, it's cured in new metal. <laughs> now I don't. I I found this little tidbit on Wikipedia, and it's not super clear. It says it's the first album recorded in ninety six kilohertz digital sound. I don't know if that means it's Corn's first album recorded. That way, or just the first, it wouldn't surprise me given how big corn was at the time if this was literally the first one ever. The first by one, anyone all right, ever. I'm gonna make a, an admission. I mean, that changes everything, it does. I'm gonna make an admission here. Uh, I work with audio currently for a living, I still don't know what the fuck that means. <laughs> well, it's it means that things were one kilohertz <laughs> and then they were 96 kilohertz. By the way, for my drag race fans, uh, club 96, all right, all right. Sorry, that's a drag race reference. That whisper won't get cut out automatically when <laughs> no. I take silence out of the podcast. No, it'll be fine. Club 96. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, first album recorded in 96 kilohertz digital sound. I don't it's I think there's still a lot of debate how much stuff like that really matters. Yeah. I argue it does in some cases. Like your your iPhone earpods are never going to be good headphones. 
Correct. Like you're missing things. There are, there are sounds in your songs that you're not hearing if that's the way you listen. And to if your you're music. listening to uh, with through your earbuds while your phone is plugged in, you run the risk of them melting in your fucking head. Right. Oh. Jesus, I didn't Puppy know doesn't like that. I, no, like I don't like it either. I will say that it, it, you know whatever kilohertz it was recorded in still sounds like a corn album. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't not sound like a corn record, but it sounds like a corn record that like renews its driver's license on time. No, no. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this corn record has a DUI. It sounds like. But- <laughs> and- what I was getting at is there's a certain point where I think it really doesn't It's diminishing matter. results. Yeah. Like the difference between really high quality CD audio and like a flat Oh, file. I thought you were going to say the difference between a really high quality corn record and a really low quality corn record is negligible. <laughs> I would 100% agree with that statement. Yeah. I think they're not too far apart. Yeah. But yeah, I just, I don't know. Like, I don't hear anything in this that makes me think, is that 96 kilohertz I hear? And I have a pretty decent, I mean, it's a Bluetooth speaker, but it's a Marshall Bluetooth speaker. Well, shit. So it sounds all right. (laughs) And this doesn't sound, it just sounds like a corn album. It definitely sounds, you can hear the difference between this and the album that follows it for sure. Yeah. Well, you can, I think you can hear the difference between the issues in this. Yeah. It's a real high fidelity. Hey, there he is. There's our boy. <laughs> There's our boy. He says, "Got your boy in the booth." <laughs> so that's a Ghostface killer opening. Yeah, sure is the champ. The champ. My favorite. Uh, it's so favorite good. Ghostface song. So good. Fucking love it. There's uh, a Flavor Flav reference in that uh, uh, song as yeah. well. Yeah. Oh. No. To Flavor Flav's Clock. Yeah. Uh, this album was mixed by Andy Wallace. Shout out to Andy Wallace. Of Nevermind fame. Yeah. So that probably cost a little money. Yeah, that would do it. Well, you think 10 years later, you think he's still getting Nevermind money? Probably. Okay. Like if this, you're, is, this is 02, right? That this yeah. record came out? Yeah. Like, especially if you want a really clean sounding rock record, he's the guy to go to. I wouldn't be surprised if he's worked on some Nickelback albums, if we look it up. <sighs> because Nickelback, I finally realized at one point what I hate about Nickelback above, like beyond the fact that they make shitty music for terrible people <laughs> is... <laughs> Which is one of their albums. Right. <laughs> the thing I hate about Nickelback above all their other flaws, and I read an interview with Chad Kroger where he explained this, and I was like, that's it. That's what I hate. He really tries to make everything about their songs technically perfect. Oh, interesting. So if someone drops a note, he goes in and Pro Tools and like fixes that single note. And he's a huge control freak about everything sounding really clean and well-produced. Weird. And I don't like music like that. No, no, no. Rock and roll is supposed to be... There's no story there. Yeah, Yeah. but it's also supposed to be sloppy. It's It's supposed to have a bit of... Clicking bass to it, you know? It's got to have a little bit of... It's about playing as loud as you want, as sloppy as you want, as long as it's good and has passion. Yeah, and I do... Like, I like that about rock music. And I could see Andy Wallace all these years later being the guy... Because he made Nirvana sound like that. And it's the only Nirvana album that sounds even remotely that way. Mm -hmm. So I could see him still getting work off of that. He got corn. Hey, he got corn like what at if, their height. You know what, what I mean? What if Nevermind like, was the last thing he did and then corn just went to 
the top of the mountain where he'd retired to <laughs> for the rest of his life, like fucking Luke Skywalker. <laughs> Talked him out of retirement so he could do untouchables. He got cornholed into doing this record. No? Nothing? All right. I don't get it. All right. Cornholed? That's a game in the middle. Yeah, yeah, they were, they were playing it. Oh, were, okay. and, and, he, and he lost. And so he, he lost. Had to do the record. So he had to do yeah. this. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What's crazy about uh, this album, no. for one thing? No, no, no. I can't yeah, believe yeah, this. This. Is, this is a number that's going to hurt. Estimated budget, $4 million. And this goes back to what we were saying earlier. The difference between an expensive corn record and a corn record done in a closet in Bakersfield. Not that big of a difference, in my opinion. Yeah. You don't, you don't hear millions of dollars on this album and well that's because yeah it didn't all go into the album <laughs> right of that four million dollars i've read two figures one said seven hundred and twenty-five thousand went on recording and another said 1.7 million either way either way <laughs> either way <laughs> that's way too much money the majority of the budget did not go to the recording it went to keeping their entire crew on retainer while they recorded this album and look, that's, I can respect that. I can too. It's definitely like rock and roll excess, but it's also like, fuck, man, we're responsible for these other people's yeah. livelihoods. We yeah. have to kind of keep them afloat. We got to keep them whole while yeah. we're finishing the next record to go on tour. Yeah, Jonathan yeah. Davis isn't turning down that Lollapalooza money. He's right. keeping his people paid. Yeah, and his yeah. wife isn't going to murder him if he does. There you go. Jonathan exactly. Davis, yeah. still alive. Who won? You tell me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> None of us. <laughs> We all lost. It's an alien versus predator scenario. (laughs) Here's what's great about what you said. It's like, well, Jonathan Davis is alive, but he's still in corn. Whereas (laughs) Kurt Cobain (laughs) was murdered and is dead. Who really won? (laughs) Who truly won that? You know, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Yeah, I don't know if we even A little bit of Columbine. Oh, man. I mean, it's not as clear cut as the Corn V Biscuit case, you know, there's right. the, the, that set a clear precedent. This one sets it kind of, v it's like muddy legal waters. Corn V Biscuit. Oh, my God. Corn. Here is, here's Corn. a, hi, nice to meet you. My name's Corn V Biscuit. Here's a quote from Jonathan Davis. Oh, here it comes. We spent so much money. <laughs> the drums alone, we spent a whole month just getting drum sounds. There were 50 mics just on the drum set that they picked out and tested. Usually I do my vocals and it takes me a month or two weeks, which even that seems long. That's a long time. But just vocals, it took me five, almost six months. Wait, can I try this next one? Yes. It was the peak and pinnacle of everything in corn. <laughs> I still believe how much work went into it. It was a lie. <laughs> uh, the Boy. lyric, the lyric was "Can't believe." I uh, see. You're right. Yeah. I, I, so, I, I'm sorry about that. I'll oh, go. I'll, I'm gonna, I'll punch it in in Pro Tools. Hold later. on. I'll, I'll give it to you. Can't. You'll Kroger it. <laughs> yeah. I still can't believe. Yeah. I'll go back and use that take with the other yeah. take. Right. Right. I'll just mash them up. There's some podcasts that do that shit. We can tell. <laughs> uh, I've done it. <laughs> I mean, I've done it sometimes, yeah. but uh, hold on, real quick. The, the okay, they said they took all this time getting the drum sounds. The drums are just like they're very isolated drums. I don't feel like it would take that long to get that. If you were all high on meth, there you would. go. There it is. That's the part I forgot. 
that would that would have an impact, I think. Yeah. Which it seemed like a, at least some of the band was. Uh, one of them was addicted, but that <laughs> that usually. You don't you don't get addicted to meth running with a bunch of people who just like drink corn coffee. <laughs> like it was probably going around. I mean, if it's corn coffee, yes, you do. Absolutely, yeah. you do. That's a good point. If it's regular coffee, not so much. <laughs> corn coffee. It's not meth. <laughs> Yet. Uh, so it's yeah, it's just made in the same factory. <laughs> yeah, corn coffee. The meth coffee you can get for the price. <laughs> The uh, it took him two and a half years to record this album. Fuck off. That's the whole thing about keeping the crew on retainer. Yeah. So that's for 15 people getting paid for two and a half years. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. <laughs> millions of dollars, I bet. I want to. Oh I'm going to calculate it. It's at least two point three million dollars. Right. That's or nuts. three. Sorry. Yeah. Two point two point three. Yeah. Uh, this is another quote. This is a quote from Michael Bainhorn, Bainhorn. Bainhorn, yes. Bainhorn. I don't think that we could have done the record, that same record, in a shorter amount of time. It just wouldn't have worked out. There were so many layers to get through. For one thing, the band, just being in California, had so many distractions. They are extremely talented, but they also have the most incredible case of collective ADHD I've ever hey. seen. So it wasn't easy keeping them focused. Obviously, once we got into a recording studio, things went pretty well. But trying to work with them in the pre-production and songwriting phase was difficult. It was a lot of hard work. Uh, I know we moved on, but they roughly paid everybody eighty-five grand a year to just... That's not bad. To do nothing. That's not bad. I'd, yeah. I'd take that job. Especially yeah. if you're living in Bakersfield. Yeah. You yeah. can own Bakersfield. You're living like a fucking king. Yeah. I hope they all bought houses. Um, okay. couple things here. First off, if they have ADHD, that's fine. Don't contribute to the stigma, Mr. Binecorn. <laughs> but also, why not just keep them in Scottsdale then? I think his way of saying that they have collective ADHD is him saying they were fucking high all the time. Yeah. I right? mean, I have ADHD, but I'm not doing meth. <laughs> I think that's probably also what a lot of distractions in Los Angeles meant. I mean, he probably yeah. was referring to drugs, drugs yeah. just partying. Availability of drugs general, and yeah. places to go to do drugs. And California I drugs. And that quote was from a whole interview with him. And I think he did mention at one point that that's part of the reason they went to Scottsdale was to try and like at least get everyone partying a little less. <laughs> yeah, let's go dry out in Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, what could possibly go wrong. It's a dry heat. I mean, it, it is, is a dry heat. It so is. it's a dry heave. Here's a quote from Jonathan Davis. My favorite corn record, hands down, is Untouchables. It was a record that we made that couldn't be made in this day. We spent over four million bucks doing that. Most of that money went to keeping our entire crew on retainer for two and a half years. That was just mistake number one. <laughs> okay, that's maybe arguably the best thing you did. Yeah. Mistake number one was making another corn record. <laughs> but that album is perfect. Uh. I call it the heavy metal Aja. Sonically, you hear Aja from Steely Dan. That is a perfect record. Jonathan Davis. I'm not expecting a Steely Dan pull from Jonathan Davis. He also, in another interview. I mean, it is the name of a dildo. Is it? Yeah, yeah that's where Steely Dan came, then got their name. Oh. So Naked Lunch. Naked reference. Lunch. But he also, in another interview. Thanks, bud. And I can't figure out what exactly happened here. I can't figure out if, in another interview, he also said it sounds like an Asia album, or if someone heard this quote. And heard the band Asia instead of the name Aja. of the Steely. I got it. 
So, I mean, it's I'm going with it, him also comparing it to Asia. Yeah, it works which, either way. <laughs> which he's right. It's a really clean, well-produced album. I was listening to it in the car, and uh, my partner was like, she was like, uh, it sounds like he's doing A lot of like, people don't know this, but uh, Andy's a cop. <laughs> I'm a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were on a stakeout. We were on a stakeout, and I was like, I, look, I need to listen to Untouchables, because uh, I like to fancy myself an Elliot Ness-type figure when I'm fighting crime. Makes sense. And uh, but she was like, it looks, it sounds like some of this sounds like new wave. Like she wants to hear them do like an album of new wave covers, or yes. like or at least like there's like Duran Duran moments. It's in well, this. it's in you wave. <laughs> <That's how> you... <laughs> oh hell yeah! Can't forget that umlaut. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's one of I think the criticisms of this album that came up, and you'll oh yeah, all the other we kernels were mad. We have another, yeah. We they were ha- popping. Those kernels were popping. Jonathan Davis loved this album, and the rest of the band kind of didn't. Uh, you can tell that because he's actually singing. Yeah, he's, he yeah. actually sings on this record. He's not just making funny noises with his voice. There's a quote. I, I have it. I'll have to edit it in later. I don't know if either of you watched it, but it's just a four or five second clip of head around the time the next album comes out in an interview with MTV. And he just says right in the interview, I hated the last album. Like, well, that's I, why he, Oh, uh, I don't want to foreshadow. Yeah. 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 But corn shadow, corn shadow, please. corn, corn shadowing, please. So we all live in the shadow of the corn. What this album, <laughs> what this album really represents is, yay though. I walked through the Valley of the shadow of corn. <laughs> Sorry. I Sorry. fear no bagpipe. I swear, I swear that. <laughs> what this album really represents is the beginning of Korn's decline, which is ironic with it being everyone's favorite album or a lot of people's favorite album. Yeah. Uh, it's where their sales start to really drop off. But it's not just corn. Like new metal had kind of had its moment. Like new metal was right. kind of on its way out. Yeah, also, it was. It was definitely right? leaving. Yeah. Well, the thing that had also kind of had its moment and was on the way down was physical album sales. True that. Yeah. Because this was in the heyday of Napster and stuff getting leaked online. Mm-hmm. And Untouchables, I think, leaked two months before. Oh Jesus! It was supposed to come out. So the first week sales. 434,000 copies. That's not bad. It's not bad at all, but there was a huge drop-off after that. And it it debuted at number two behind Eminem's The Eminem Show. Uh, But steep drop-off from there, so much so that they re-released the album on November 12th, 2002, in an attempt to rejuvenate record sales. Wait, they re-released it just a few months later? This is also when that... That that was a thing you saw a lot after Napster really took off was... I thought it was actually kind of exploitative a little bit. Like one thing, uh, I'm a I'm a, a fan of Miranda Lambert. I don't know if you know who that is. She's uh, a country artist. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I like her a lot. She had an album that came out around this time, and all the retailers were doing this at this time. There would be exclusive versions for each retailer yeah. that would have bonus songs that were exclusive to that retailer. Yeah. Oh, so it's not just hey, just a reminder. This album's out. They'd actually try and tap. Right. They would. They were bonus content. Trying yeah. to the, get okay. super fans to buy two yeah. and three copies. Yeah. Like of Best the album. Buy would have one that had one bonus track, and then like 
I Wait. Know, uh, not Sam Goody because I think they were dead by then. But right. like Walmart or somebody Target else would have, yeah, would have Target would have like one that had a different bonus track on. I it. love that the record industry's solution to declining record sales is to punish the people who still buy records. Yep. That's, but that's exactly what they did. Yeah. yeah, and there was a lot of this kind of thing too. If it wasn't bonus tracks, it was oh well, we'll just release. Like a concert DVD. An expanded or... version of it right. six yeah. months later. Here's some outtakes. Here's some live performances. That mm-hmm. right. shit. I bought a lot of that kind of stuff. And this that's all this was. It just had a bonus DVD with like some videos and interviews and shit. And it had different artwork. And it didn't help that much. The album to date, which we're talking almost 20 years later, uh, 1.4 million copies. So it hasn't even recouped the money spent that's I think that also is part of what leads into what happens with the next album. They lost a ton of money on this. Like they were they were they were hit at the exact this album came out at the exact wrong time. Yeah. To be the most expensive album because it happened right when the CD industry was right dying. <laughs> And well, it was also, yeah, as we said, when New Metal was kind of on the way out and like Screamo was taking over. Yeah, right. So, so you have a declining format, a declining music form, and a declining uh, people who want to buy the shit anyway. So, yeah. yeah. Well, it's fun. So, might as well give them a blank check and write them, <laughs> yeah. let them do whatever they want with this album. Yeah. And yeah, it backfired. They lost a ton of fucking money. Uh, critics seem to dig it, though. And the single Here to Stay won a Grammy for best metal performance oh yeah i read somewhere that it is i actually i read it on the itunes page it's the uh whoever wrote this little uh, apple music review of it. it's like the darkest song to ever win a grammy (laughs) (laughs) wait that's probably not true that's probably not true it's just that person's opinion i don't think that's quantifiable (laughs) probably the heaviest (laughs) i really do like here to stay though I really it, like here to stay is a pretty like good song, song but lot. that's the thing is like where he's like he's all about vengeance in it like well, he's I forget what the lyric is it didn't stick with me but he's just like you can treat me this way but I'll come back another day and you will have to say oh I'm sorry or whatever the, yeah, yeah right and, and well, it's like <laughs> who are you still so mad at man <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what he needs to look in the mirror for maybe that's oh, the huh? shit oh my god I didn't even think of that. I mean, it's definitely a more mature record, so I do think he's talking to himself. Yeah, and maybe he thinks that the anger, this this self anger, that's what's here to stay, right? Like that's just part of him now. I think it's I think it's I think here to stay is an ironic title. I think that it's it's it it's pointing to the fact by being objectively wrong uh, about it that you know we are all finite and that we are all nothing is here to stay. Yeah. Everything will end. When I think of Jonathan, everything will yeah, change. That's true. You know, that's that's them sort of saying this is the record that changes everything. And also, my other favorite thing in that <laughs> that little Apple Music thing I was uh, referencing, they miss uh, they put a typo and they, they called that song "Here to Say." Like oh, he was my just, name is Jonathan, <laughs> and I'm here to say I'm still in corn to this very day. <laughs> <laughs> I love porno in a major way. Uh, this is it. Seems like fans really prefer this album over most corn albums. I thought it was pretty polarizing for Korn fans. It it seems... I think at the time it was, but I think in retrospect, it's yeah. one of those things that people are like, well, I was wrong. This record's great. Because I, I found this Reddit thread, which, I mean, it's just a Reddit thread, but it's a sampling of Korn fans. And the guy is asking, is it kind of shitty to say Untouchables is my favorite Korn album? Because it is the Korn album that sounds the least... The least like, like what we know Korn. Korn to be, yeah. But 
everyone okay. in that thread was like, no, it's the best. It's the best <laughs> album. Sorry. I well, mean, it's you know, like, like minds attract like minds. <laughs> you know, you're just going to. It's weird that they appropriated, you know, the Indian caste system for their title, but like whatever. What happened? Oh my god! Oh, untouchable. Oh yeah. yeah. I think that's where that comes from. I don't oh. know. I've never heard a story about where they got the title idea. Yeah, if you have it, the black dot, you're untouchable. Like, yeah. Is that what that black dot means? Yeah. I didn't know that. Is that what it been? I so I'll be know, handing out different... dots after this episode. Oh, sure? Whoa, I'm and... not getting a black one. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. But. Yeah, I do get the sense that around the time this came out, they did get a little bit of that, oh, you're not the same band you used to be kind of backlash. You can't be the same Corn. <laughs> Corn, you that knickknack paddywhack, you have to move past that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 That's I mean well, that's the argument with any band. Yeah, like you like, have to it's you have to let your bands move on. No question. I but remember, if you start off doing nursery rhymes with downtuned guitars and bagpipes, there's somewhere you else you have to go. to go. You have to yeah. go a different direction. Yeah. Well, I remember when uh, Life Won't Wait came out, the Rancid record, it was like what is that, ninety eight? And a lot of people were like this is rancid sellout album. I thought that was the lock up the or outcome the wolves thing was the Well one. Outcome the Wolves was like ninety God, 95, I think. What's the one where they were like, you just want to be fucking what's his name from, uh, you just want to be uh, Clash. You just want to be oh, Clash. Jo- that was Life Joe Won't Strummer. Wait. That, okay, because yeah. everybody was like, oh, Rancid, you mean, or Life Won't Wait, you mean Rancid's attempt at Sandinista? Right. Like, there was a lot of that going around. But it's like, they have to try something else. Sure. They got to figure something yeah. else out. Like, you can't just do the same thing over and over again. You also, it's not like Rancid was ever... Songs this way. You it's not like Rancid was ever like a fucking thrash band or like a, a crossover band or even like a straight-ahead punk band. Like, they were doing ska stuff before. Right. I don't... I've always said Rancid was a great pop band that they just wore a lot of punk stuff to, to cover up, <laughs> yeah, you know? Like, sure. they wrote really catchy songs, and then they get mad that you're like, I like your catchy songs. You don't even talk like that. So this next album, Take a Look in the Mirror, or Take a Look in the Mirror? Yeah. I'm starting with The Man in the Mirror. any mirror, really. any mirror. It doesn't have to be The Mirror. Like, it's not a proper noun, you know? It could be any mirror. It could be. Well, maybe they mean the one at the Zach Baggins Haunted Museum in... Las Vegas, which I have looked in yeah. and relatively fine since then. Now that oh, I think about God. it, not great. I, no, want I mean, it. you're doing a corn podcast. <laughs> I so. want the mirror to be like the mirror in the haunted mansion, and you go by and like, and a member from Corn will follow you home. <laughs> Ooh, which one did I get? Yeah, yeah. Because it's like if it's the little guy Monkey, with the long no. beard, you're into it. But if it's Fieldy, you're like, eh. oh man. No, oh, I got the other guitar player. <laughs> Most people get the other guitar player. Very rare to find a Jonathan Davis in the Haunted Museum. Oh, Weirdly man, enough. Jonathan Davis does actually look like one of the Haunted Mansion ghosts. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. So either because they didn't have much money to spend on their next album after spending $4, Four million, dollars million on Untouchables... Maybe it was because of that. Maybe it was because they were getting backlash for sounding like... Like, people say Untouchable sounds like a prog rock record. A new prog record, sure. Yeah, I can see yeah. that. Yeah, new prog. New prog. <laughs> Umlaut over the O, too, so, guys. 
I mean, that's what it was called after you know Czechoslovakia became the Czech Republic, and right. you know, it's right, new, it's right. new Prague. New yeah, Prague. yeah. Uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> whatever the case, the next album, take a look in the mirror. It's a, an especially low budget affair. They, uh, but that's where Corn lives. They are an especially low budget affair. That's their deal. First album that they produced by themselves, which oh. is questionable. DIY, I get it. Hell yeah, bro. Do it, Corn self. They recorded it <laughs> on the road and at Jonathan Davis's home studio in Bakersfield. Probably in Bakersfield. <laughs> Bakersfield. Baka baka baka. Uh. Jonathan Davis says they they recorded the next album this way because of low record sales for Untouchables. And that never works. Like that yeah. like I think people really put too much credence into the idea of a band going back to their roots. Like you think you want that and when a band does it it's always kind of disappointing. Yeah. Well, I think there has to be more distance. Like when Dinosaur Jr put out Oh, now you're now we're talking. You yes. know, when they out, yeah. you know, after Jay Mascus was basically using the label <laughs> or the name right. on his own to do for his so own long. It, the, and there's some good stuff in there. Aside from even when he started Jay Mascus and the Fog, which are yeah. like this is just Dinosaur Jr. without Lou Barlow. Yeah. Yeah. Got but it. then when they, you know, they came back with the original lineup. Yeah. And, uh, they the released farm. Uh, Beyond. Oh, Beyond and then The Farm. And then the, and then yeah. Farm. Yeah. yeah. And then Beyond, you're like, you listen to it and you're like, wow, this sounds like they never stopped doing what they were doing and then farm comes out and you're like this sounds like they never stopped doing what they did before they started doing you know what yeah I mean? and it's just like it's kind of mind-blowing but also there's what 20 years in there or 10 at least yeah. 10 years in there and several yeah. other bands that they all you know that they were all Sebado, in uh mm-hmm. all the other shit that lou barlow did uh what was the natural ones what was that folk implosion folk implosion yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Sorry, we're that... okay. We're going down the wrong wrong rabbit hole on this one. But there's no, all that but I, th- I think between. Andy's making a good point. Yeah, and like when REM came, when they did um, Collapse into Now, and even before that, Accelerate kind of sounded like you know early '90s REM. It was I don't know. See, I think there with... was enough time. If there's yeah. enough time and enough re- reflection. Yeah. Involved. So well, we've had like six years of corn at this point before they're trying to return right. to form. Yeah. Yeah. But see, I think even the REM. I think it was even from them a little not great. Oh, I mean, I don't think a lot of people received it well because there's still those people that walk around being like, well, anything released not on IRS, you know, right? Anything post right. IRS is shitty REM, and that's and it's that's not true. No, it's, it's just, not true. It's just different REM, yeah. just like the replacements. Like before the replacements right, 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 sign right. with a major label, they are an entirely different band. But you can see them going in that direction on like. Tim and uh, Let It Be, mm-hmm. and then when they sign to a major label, it's like, oh shit, they're a major label band now, and they just keep going in that direction. But what do you expect? Like bands have to change and do like the replacements probably wanted to eat hot food and pay their rent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for and once if, and if in their lives. Doing stuff if they're continuing to do stuff as a band too, like it's like they have they have to progress. That has to evolve. That has to go somewhere, right? But then like, you're, you're not. But then you're basically. 
not even a small business, you're a mid-sized business because of the amount of people you employ. Well, so yeah. you got to go like, well, shit, what do the people want from us? So you're, you're not even making artistically what you necessarily mm-hmm. want. You got to go, well, what is the marketplace telling us they yeah. want us to make? That's why I always, that's why my, like the, the bands I'm a huge fan of are all those bands that like released two records and then, or a record and a, and a, and a seven inch and then right. quit or broke up and they all started another band. And then like 20 years later, they all get back together for a reunion and then they make a new record and it sounds amazing because it sounds just like what they did 20 years ago but you know now it's uh it's because that 20 years of them not being together right of right course, and that's the thing that's again, it's not gonna that's the difference with the dinosaur junior example i think devo is another good example when they came back like that album they yeah. released a few years ago is fucking great and i think if i think most devo fans were pretty happy about it because the band had been gone yeah but rem had been making music that whole time yeah and then they're like all right well we're if this is what you want, we'll do it. And I think that's when a lot of fans realize, oh no, this is kind of boring. Like this is this is a pale imitation of what they were doing in the eighties and nineties. I think Prince to some degree. Sure. Like a lot of his latter day albums, they were a return to form, but they're not as memorable as the shit he recorded right. in the eighties. Yeah. Because because returning to form, especially if you're an innovator now other people have also taken your innovation and done their thing with it. And when you're going back to it, now you're a nostalgia act. You're not even mm-hmm. – you're not innovating yourself right. anymore. And uh, I li- mean there's, a, there, there's yeah. a fine line I think where, you know, Uh-oh. you can <laughs> – I do think you can like do a back-to-form record where you're like trying to get yourself back to the place you were in when you were making this music and like really investigating what, you know, it speaks to you or whatever as opposed to just being like a nostalgia novelty thing. Right. I mean the Mountain Goats are kind of like – He's kind of going through this thing now where it's like a lot. I think a lot of the old fans are like, mm, I don't like this new stuff because it's produced. <laughs> right. <laughs> he didn't record yeah. it on a, on a, like a Casio, uh, whatever. Um, but it's like he's like the, the band is a full band now and they're incredibly popular and they're doing a lot of stuff. But there is a part of me that would be like, I'd love to hear what he could do now with just like his guitar and sure. a, a boombox with a mic and, and like being angry again. But also he's a dad. He's married, right. you know. He's like Life he's changes. not addicted to stuff right. anymore. <laughs> like, right. So, last example, I'll put in on this because I think about this a lot. I'm a huge Mark Lanigan fan, and if you're at all a fan of Mark Lanigan, who was the lead singer of Screaming Trees, he has this um, just mm-hmm. gigantic solo career where it's like every year he puts out a new record, and it's not. I think he does want to make those records, but it's also I've heard him talk about how if I don't put out something new, I don't have something to tour on. So yeah. you have this thing where. If you're not a corn with somebody who sold even the, the you know even bad record sales for corn would be an enormous amount of record sales for Mark Lanigan, and if you're just a working class musician, you are grinding constantly mm-hmm. and just to make a living for yourself. So then I think of a band like Corn. It's like you know putting their their entire crew on retainer. They do at least feel that responsibility. So I think that probably factors into this return to form kind of thing of like, well, trying something totally different and expensive didn't work. So let's give let's give the kids what the kids want, even though the kids are probably now like oh, they're listening to yeah. like Avenged Sevenfold right. or right. Uh, or, you know, I don't know what else. The, the fucking fear before the March of Flames or. <laughs> yeah, this Coheed. <laughs> they're listening to Coheed right. now. Oh, at this time, absolutely. Yeah. This is a quote from Jonathan Davis. This album is about us as a band, taking a look in the mirror and remembering where we came from, remembering our roots, going back to basics. We reflect and look back why we really got into this band to begin with and why we started it. 
It's to make aggressive, heavy music. Over the years, we were just experimenting. It was always corn, but it was different spins on what we were doing. So this time we wanted to make an aggressive, heavy, heavy album and just kill it. And that's why we've produced it ourselves. Nobody knows corn better than ourselves. And I think what he really means is this was a desperate album. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They had lost a lot of album sales and were like, well, this will get those early fans back right. on board. And also, we can't afford an outside producer anymore. Right. Yeah, we can't. We don't have Nevermind money yeah. anymore. Yeah, and I, I feel like it's half and half that. I feel like they did, to some degree, think, well, this will get a lot of those early fans back in the fold. But also, they just didn't have the money after spending $4 million. Jesus, you could make so many corn records for $4 million. And this... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> This, unsurprisingly, is their last album with Epic Records. They, I think, dropped the band after this or the band. Do we still left. have an Epic Records to begin with? I don't. I don't know if they're still around. Because that was just part of Sony, wasn't it? But Sony kept a lot of those labels active. So what was their touring yeah, it looks like? like it. At, okay. What was their touring like at this time then? Like, did they? They were still doing OzFest, Ozfest and yeah. shit like that. But like, I mean, the the days of doing like something like Family Values or um, I think by then the that you know, ship had sailed. It's us and a White Zombie bit. or Rob Zombie. And the thing with Family Values, they eventually stopped doing Family Values, and it just ran as other bands as a kind of a traveling thing. But <laughs> some of the uh, the the changes they made on this album. There was a more aggressive sound, like featured on their first albums. Yeah, so lo-fi, right? Well, <laughs> right. Less polished production. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, guest rapper for the first time since "Follow the Leader." There was no guests on "Ishes" and no oh, yeah. guests on "Untouchables." Nas, Nas is featured on this album. Jonathan Davis plays bagpipes. Yeah, buddy. Which he didn't do on "Untouchables." That's the only. Corn album that doesn't feature bagpipes. Take that to your new metal trivia night sometime. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, now I will say that's the one thing about Untouchables that kind of bothered me was like, where's the bagpipes? I missed the bagpipes. It's not a corn record without bagpipes. But then I couldn't find a place for bagpipes to go. Can we also start a new metal trivia night? Oh my god! And can we yes. be? Oh hell yeah! Can we be the Colonel Mustards? <laughs> can we? <laughs> Do you want to do it at the – we should do a new metal trivia thing at the Backyard Show on July 6th. Oh, fuck yeah. You want to do it? Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. We'll give out prizes. Corn coffee. We'll give out the <laughs> corn coffee. Oh, my God. This is going to be the best. We'll, si we'll sign corn albums. Here's a signed copy of Follow the Leader by Jonathan David. No. Nope. Uh, no. It's by these, these dudes. Just, uh, I'm just going to sign a copy. And, actually, just me and Andy. Travis didn't want to do it. <laughs> I'm going to sign a copy of Illmatic. <laughs> it's a good album. Yeah, it is. So, yeah, only Korn album that doesn't feature bagpipes. It also features a reworked version of the song Alive. By Pearl Jam? Yes. <laughs> I'm still alive. Waka, waka, waka. No, it's actually a remixed version of the movie Alive. Oh, my God. Oh my God. Uh, their Learjet goes down in the Andes Mountains, and Corn has to eat each other to yeah, survive? Yeah, yeah. In the Andes. Andes. Uh, shit. Oh, we almost made it a whole episode. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, the song Alive was previously included on the Neater Myers Mind demo. God, such a good name. 
Yeah. Such a pretty great. Memorable and easy to spell name. Uh, fans seem to still like this album, but the band and critics both hate it now. Jonathan Davis says it's their worst album. But has he listened to all of them? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Because they have 13. I don't know if, you know. They have I bet so you, many. I bet so you many. there's worse albums uh, down the line. I can tell you for a fact that the album that they put out, what, 2015? Oh, maybe. The, the new paradigm or whatever yeah, that thing oh is. Oh, my or, God. Right? It yeah. is. It's garbage. No, garbage is a different band. Yeah, garbage. different band. That's Butch Vig, band from Shirley Madison, Manson. Wisconsin. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. With a singer from Scotland. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm only with happy Scotland. when it corns. With what? Scotland. Shirley with Scotland. West Scott. Oh, I get you. W I S C O T L A. And okay. So, uh West West Scotland. The ba- yeah. West West Scotland. Are you guys saying West Scotland? I'm saying West oh, Scotland. Oh, got it. So this I'm al- only happy when it corns. <laughs> Sorry. So this album, I don't I I don't hate it, but I'm really ambivalent toward it. I feel like it's it's just kind of I mean it's it's better than the first record. Yeah, but I'm never going to listen to it again. What if this was their first record? What if we like uh, honestly like if this was the your first introduction to Corn, the first time they showed up, do you think it's a good record that way? If it came out when the first record yeah. came out. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think yeah. I think it would be a I think it would be a better version of the first record. It just came out at a time when no one needed a version of that first. I record. mean, honestly, just no one was asking for another corn record. Yeah, they should have made a fucking acoustic album yeah. or something and just oh. really. I mean, they should have yeah, hit the sh- reset button. They should have continued down that road that they were going with Untouchables and just gone nuts. Well, you know they do. Uh, right. They do MTV Unplugged. I know I talk about it all the time. We're gonna get to it's it. It's still the weirdest one. We'll get to it next season. next season. Uh, you know the next the next next time the corn season rolls around. Oh yeah, yeah we're, yeah, we're yeah. on a crop rotation. Next harvest. Here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my god, we should call each season a harvest. Hell yeah. This is harvest one. Upon the life. <laughs> yes, I'm into it. Uh, this album sold 179,000 copies first week. Wow, that's I mean that's like I've never sold that much of anything, so that's impressive, but that's a that's a that's not good for a record. It's still impressive. Yeah. The the saddest opening week sales story I've ever heard. At one point <laughs> the band Color Me Bad put uh, an album out that sold thirty five copies. What? The Ooh. first I think first day, but even still first day, that's because that should be the biggest day. So it, like it probably sold like twenty the next day. That is uh what year was that? Uh, I think it was late 90s, 2000s. Wow. Wow. Have you seen the lead singer of Color Me Bad lately? (laughs) Yeah, I run into him all the time at Dino's Pizza. (laughs) You you probably do. He's very, 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 very large now. Like, extremely large. And is constantly in court for uh, domestic abuse. Corn met. Okay, that's not. Okay. (laughs) Domestic. <laughs> I can't make that funny. That's terrible. No, oh, you did though. You did. Social justice punter over here. I guess, <laughs> I guess just color me bad, guys. <laughs> oh no. I'm gonna say that now instead of my bad. Color, color me, me bad. Color me bad, dude. <laughs> color me bad, daddy. Hey, that's that's my color me bad. That's on me. <laughs> so part of the reason those first week sales were so low is again this album got really heavily pirated. So. <laughs> they actually pushed the release. That, that means it only was released in uh, Somalia. <laughs> look at me. Look at me. 
I'm the corn now. <laughs> I'm the colonel now. I'm the colonel now. <laughs> so they pushed it up to a Friday release, which this was back when new albums came out on Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So for its new first, music Tuesday, everybody. If its first week there were no Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday sales. So the the low numbers are kind of misleading. Mm. That's why it debuted at nineteen, but eventually peaked at nine. Oh yeah, because yeah. So it sold more the next week probably. But uh band was in a really bad place during the recording of this album. But Scottsdale? <laughs> uh or no, Bakersfield. Yeah. No one was in as bad of a place as Brian Head Welch. The Scrape Jelly. <laughs> this is a quote. Two thousand three is when I started using speed every day. This sounds like the beginning of a rap song. <laughs> <laughs> I also got hooked on meth, and in order to get up and function, even play a show, I had to snort lines, you know? And I told myself, I'll do this tour, I'll do this OzFest, and I'll do meth the whole time, and I'll go home and check into a rehab. And it scared me, you know? Because I was like, coming every month, I would tell myself, I'm going to stop this tour, and I wouldn't be able to do it. Like, a fear would come over me. I was just trapped. In corn, no less. Yeah. I mean... I added that part. This goes to point to another thing that I think com- keeps coming up on this show uh, is that, like, what guys, you know? Like, he's he's doing this knowing. Like, I mean, I guess it's it, this is after Cobain. This is after a bunch of, you know, Lane Staley. Like, this is after a bunch of drug-related rock and roll deaths. So it's hard to not, you know. It, there was a time when, like, rock stars would be on drugs all the time and be like, what's the problem? I don't think there's a problem here. And he's like aware, like, yeah, I'm going to check into rehab. Like he's, yeah, he's planning this shit. Like I'm going to go into rehab. <laughs> like but this goes back to how we started the show when we were all talking about like, yeah, man, just listening to corn kind of bums me. Oh, except for Andy. Andy yeah. Now like, I love thrilled it. About it. I dab to it. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so imagine being the guy who not only has to make this record, but play the record every fucking night. He's just like, well, I just got to do every fucking stimulant to stay uh, yeah. in the band and keep going. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's not unlike professional athletes who, especially football players, a lot of football players come out addicted to opioids. Right. And it's because it's not because they're junkies. It's because they have to take that shit mm-hmm. to make it through yeah, yeah. their work life. Yeah. Right. And yeah, it seemed like that's kind of the cycle he got trapped in. Yep. And he's like, what am I going to do? I'm the guitar player of corn. Like, what are my other skills? Yeah. What's my other job I go to? I'm going to make an an equivalent amount of money instantly. He does some soul searching and he, uh, (laughs) he does come to a conclusion of what what am I going to do? He comes to a corn conclusion. (laughs) He has a, he has a personal moment of, uh, I was uh-huh. trying to mash up clarity and corn, and I couldn't do it. Cornity? Corn, cornlarity, cornlarity. Now corn, I cornet, I, cornity. <laughs> that doesn't work. None of it works. I'm sorry. I have in the notes that he left before the band could release another album. That's not entirely true. They did release their greatest hits album before he left, mm. but uh, he didn't just leave. He dedicated his life to Christianity. There is a pretty amazing picture of him getting baptized that you can find. Oh, it is amazing because he he looks all Jesus-y at that It, it looks like yeah. Jesus getting baptized. Our corn and savior. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is a quote. Uh, this is a, a press release that the band put out after he left. This feels like I'm being, this feels like a joke. Corn has parted ways with guitarist Brian Head Welch, who has chosen Jesus Christ as his savior 
and will be dedicating his musical pursuits to that end. Korn respects Brian's wishes and hopes he finds the happiness he's searching for. Shortly before that statement, he had sent a letter of resignation to the band's management. I mean, again, what a guy. Who does that? Who quits a band with a letter of resignation to their management? Yeah. Like Somebody who thinks that Christianity is going to be the savior <laughs> of his problems. But it is a classy move. Yeah, it is. Like, at least doing that and not just... like. I still, at some point, want to do a Neil Young podcast. Oh, yeah. And one of my favorite Neil Young stories, he quit a tour with Stephen Stills in the middle of the tour, and the only notification he gave him was a postcard that said something like, isn't it funny how things that start good sometimes end bad? Eat a peach, Neil. And he was gone. <laughs> Eat a peach. Eat a peach. In the <laughs> middle of a fucking tour wow. to promote a joint album they had just released. Okay, first of all, that's insane. Yeah. But also, Eat a Peach sounds like like Hayes production code, like 40s era movie slang for <laughs> Go Fuck Yourself. Yeah. Like, like take a long walk. Like, ah, what are you doing? Eat a peach, uh, see? I'll tell you what I did. The, bo the boss man came over and I was like, why don't you eat a peach, chief? <laughs> and everyone gasps because it's such an awful thing to say. Pearl Clutch. Uh, it's like how Kyle Orton quit. What? Uh, oh, yeah. Football, yeah. Like when he just, I'm going back for my wallet. And then just, then just left. left. I love when people do that. Uh, so his main gripe with the band, moral objections to the band's music and videos. Yeah, he, he really went hard in the paint for, like, what a sinful life he had been living. Right. And for a guy who named himself after a colloquialism for getting a blowjob, very surprising. And this kind of implies he stayed <laughs> in corn for a while after converting to Christianity, which had to be the wildest arrangement. Yeah. Like, yeah. That that's the sitcom I want to see. We're all God's children, Adam. He loves that's, us all. I, whether I, we're God's corn or not. Yeah, we're all God's girls. He who walks behind the rose. Uh, we're all children of the corn. Yeah. I and those footprints in the sand. When you saw one husk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this one set of tracks is when uh, corn carried you. Yeah. Yeah. I want to know what kind of Christianity he got into. Like, is it the judgy kind or is it the like liberation theology? I, I, like, I think it's arm new, the homeless kind. It's probably like, new Christianity. Sounds oh, like the judgy yeah. kind. If he couldn't yeah. still be in corn, yeah. Well, new okay, I'm going to say the next <laughs> sentence in the notes here. Um, it has broken my brain. Yeah, he was he was bothered by his portrayal in the video for the band's cover of "Word Up" by Cameo, which is, is a pretty, all, pretty is cool cover. Is that where they're all dogs? Yes. In the video, his head was superimposed on a dog patrolling a strip club. Oh, was it the dog part or the stripping part? That I don't know. His Christian sensibilities. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that if he was patrolling the strip club, that 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 dog head. <laughs> oh, it's a laws dog, of man yeah, versus yeah. laws of God thing. Yeah, exactly. It's a island of Doctor Moreau. <laughs> <laughs> That's a. Hey, speaking of Devo. So Jonathan Davis especially was not happy with this decision. Here's a quote. It fucking killed us. Oh. It was like losing a family member. And for him to go that way, the born-again Christian bullshit. I believe he was corn again. <laughs> <laughs> I was fucking mad. I really dislike the church and the assimilation tactics that a lot of born-again Christians use. If people want religion in their life, they'll go and find it themselves. You don't need to go shoving it down people's fucking throats. And it seems to me like that religion is all about saying you're a piece of shit if you're not one of us. And that 
is where this season ends. <laughs> but that's a story for another time. <laughs> Cliffhanger. <laughs> There's this whole thing about Jonathan Davis where I feel like he's got this he's, life. Yep. <laughs> you know what? That's it. Done. <laughs> Done. That did it. No, go on. Oh, I just I, he has like a probably some form of generalized anxiety disorder. I feel like he has like this persecution complex, and I'm saying this as someone who has these things that can relate. Like, there's paranoia in him. There is uh, a lack of ability to trust people. There's this like delusion. I think maybe a cognitive distortion that people are actively working against him. Uh, and I feel like a lot of his music comes from this. And like seeing quotes like this, where he's like, "Oh, my friend found Christ and." Fuck that! He's found this thing that hates me. It hates. It's a. It's. It feels like a personal betrayal. Uh, uh, every song is about the hates me. Like he yeah. says that all and the all time. All the music yeah. is yeah. about that, and I feel like, man, like Lexapro helped me. <laughs> uh, CBT is that that uh, online service that uh, lo- looks up things for you? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I think so. Hi, hi, Lexapro, make me make me happy. I think you said make you slappy. I did. Okay. I said what I said was find a song that slaps, and okay. it was "Here to Stay" by Corn. <laughs> uh, real quick, I just want to announce that we are doing a follow-up podcast just about Brian and his Christianity called "God the Life." <laughs> um, it's gonna be real good. <laughs> I just think he could have benefited from some cognitive behavioral therapy. Oh and, shit! Um, CBT, CBT, and then also some CBD. Would probably help. Too. And Hell some yeah. cock ball torture. <laughs> some cock. Yes, we we did. I forgot about that. Yes, cock yeah. ball torture. Are we talking Jonathan Davis? Because he's probably gotten plenty yeah. of. I that. think he's actually had two of the three. <laughs> right. I think he's had the cock ball torture and the CBD oil, but has not tried the um, isolating uh, the cognitive distortions that he feels and trying to figure out where they come from. Yeah. It's got time. They yeah. got so many more albums. Yeah, and so many more millions of dollars to spend on He's them. He's just sure. only got so much of the life left, though, is what I'm Yeah, he about. had the life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's got the midlife now. <laughs> lost, lost the life, really. <laughs> got the midlife. So I think there will be a second season. I, I right? Yes. I mean, I, it's but I need a break. You know, I don't. I mean, from corn. You yeah, know, not, we'll, not from right. you guys, but just from the the topic of corn. I feel like I need a corn break. Yeah, yeah, a crate. That's what I call a break that I take from other things to listen to corn <laughs> while eating corn. Uh, California law says I'm allowed two corn breaks a day. <laughs> <laughs> if I don't get this, I will call my cornion rep. Oh my god! So. Do we have any final thoughts on corn? Um, I, my final thoughts are along what I was leading with is that, and it's also what I've come across while we were doing this. When we did the Nirvana podcast, I went in being a fan of, of Nirvana and leaving being like, I don't know about that, Kurt, dude. I went into this being like, I don't really know about corn as a band. I don't think they're they're my jam. And they're probably shitty people. Yeah, but in certain respects, yes, but but they do all the things right that you would want. Well, a that's band the thing is, do. yeah. Then yeah. you get into the podcast and you learn these things, and it's like, yeah. oh man, I actually like them. I like uh, yeah. some of their things. Well, but, I like some of their things. Yeah. Obviously, I'm never going to like stand for fucking Jonathan Davis's. Uh, rampant homophobia and and hate speech and right and shit well like we that. got like, seven more albums to get through maybe he changes maybe there's an arc to jonathan i don't, I don't think yet. here's the thing here's the prediction i'm going to make for the next season is that i'm going to be singing a far different tune by the end of it i have a feeling interesting that, i have a feeling that by the end of next season i'm going to fucking hate all of them. oh so you're going to go back to basics uh, yeah you're going to go back <laughs> uh, like i'm back wearing asics <laughs> oh my god <laughs> 
Uh, but I still stand by the fact that doing this with you guys is uh, it's it's oh, it's been a real treat, it's the real joy of my life. And uh, I'm going to kill myself. Apparently, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Well, apparently, I have some kind of terminal illness. I'm just on my deathbed over here. Are so? Are we doing Oasis next season? I would love to do that. Yeah, let's do I Oasis. Think, I think we should do podcast Supernova. I mean, I'm still, you know, I'm all about Slipknot over here, but like, I need a break from. Yeah, some, we need, I need a, break a break from, from that. Like, I want to go. Yeah, let's, let's get let's yeah. go back into some a, a more innocent time of Britpop. And Oasis, there's going to be so much. You don't think WonderPod would be a? I still like podcast. Podcast Supernova, Supernova right. is pretty good. I'm, I'm out, I'm I also yeah. like don't podcast in anger, but that's uh, that's not bad. Yeah, that's just either. Me. Yeah, we could do. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Like, should we have people vote? <laughs> we could. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll put up a poll when this goes pub. That's short for public. Oh, I thought it saves like you a, time when you're yeah. speaking. That's right. good. That's yeah. Good. Which saves you time when you're using your mouth to form words. Right. That's, that's a good right. uh, lie which is a, my short form for life hack. Oh, yeah. right. Nice. Lie-ha? Lie-ha. Lie-ha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a good lie I mean, I called a lack, but whatever. Oh, that's good. That's uh, even better. Yeah. Mm. So, There's a really good band called Lack. <laughs> anyway. Coming next season on Lack Pod. <laughs> all about the band Lack. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> we have all the members of Mustard Plug coming in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Can we please do a Mustard Plug season? Pod for Mojo. Uh, we do in a couple weeks have a bonus app coming. Yes, we do. That we're about to record now. Get that bonus con. Get where? that bone con, everybody. Bone con. <laughs> where we're going to listen to, we're going to get through as many as we can. They have a lot of videos. <laughs> I like the idea where it's 30 seconds. I'm good. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah. I feel like that. We're going to be pulling some cords. Corn, pulling some corns. corns. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so that's a wrap. On Pod the Life. Well, it's a guest. One. It's a guest rap. <laughs> <laughs> that's it's, a husk. It's a featuring end of season, end of Harvest One. Right. Yeah. That is that's the end of Harvest One. We have our bountiful crop, oh and we are ready to take it to market. It's all detasseled. Yeah. This is my favorite thing. It's all been shucked and husked. <laughs> we're ready to take it to market and sell it to we're the gonna, people. We're gonna we're gonna take it down to a, you know gravel road, an old town road. We're gonna yep. we're gonna sell it out of the back of a truck mm. to people driving through. Oh shucks, so guys! This has been great. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> oh man! All right, should we wrap this up? We should. Uh, in a, like should a, wrap your corn up in cellophane. Right now we should sell it. We should wrap it like a tamale in a corn husk. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. All right, let's get out of here. Travis, say goodbye. Goodbye, my friends. Andy! Say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you.